0: Career podcast I am your host Nisar Ahmad. I'm the founder and editor of the blog careermedis.com and this is episode 8 of the career metrics podcast and this episode is part of the expert series and for today's expert series episode I'm interviewing Rachel, Rachel Ritlop from The Confused Millennial and I would in a moment I will definitely ask Rachel to introduce herself but I do want to read a bio or a quick introduction so everybody knows uh, a little bit about Rachel so here's my introduction of uh, Rachel and after getting fired twice in un, twice in under a month Rachel Ritlop decided to embrace the old adage those who can't do teach and quickly excelled as a millennial career and business coach earning thousands each month Rachel has been seen in forbes fast company daily Worth, and brit and co Rachel is also the co- is also the founder of the Confused Millennial, a lifestyle blog focused on building community while sharing experiences and advice with other 20-somethings. Rachel recently launched her Instagram e-course from Insta Grown to Insta Game, helping people brand and monetize their accounts, and is working on a virtual masterclass later this summer featuring 30 career and business experts. For twenty-somethings looking to master their career, so Rachel, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me, Nassar.
0: You're welcome. Um, so I did read an introduction, right? And I, uh, it's, it's always uh, I, I like to read it because it helps myself and 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 the listeners to understand who you are, and also helps us set the stage for the interview. But usually, I like to build on uh, the experience of my guests. But I always like to hear their version. Like, I always <laughs> like to hear, because I'm sure no matter, you know, usually the introductions are three to four sentences. There's always more <laughs> to learn about my guests. So, with, without, with, my, with your permission, I'd like to, uh, yeah, if you can go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself so we know who Rachel Ritlop is.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um you know, so, I mean, ever since I was a little girl, I was extremely entrepreneurial. Um, by the age 11, I had actually started three of my own businesses. Um, in second grade, I had employees where I'd pay them a nickel, uh, per piece that they completed for me. Um, and I would mark them up like, uh, 50% to sell to our consumers, which were the other second graders in our class. Um, and so that really started at a young age, but I also was just really afraid. Uh, about taking entrepreneurial journey. My dad was an entrepreneur and I saw it cause a lot of strain in the relationship with my mom and him as uh, the recession hit and things like that. And so somewhere along the line, I decided to go with a more traditional career path um, and I earned my master's degree in counseling. And while earning that master's degree, I um Landed, I guess what you could call my dream job was for a fantastic company that really fostered us as employees and trained us uh, to excel as therapists. And I landed that job actually halfway through my master's degree, um, and I was getting paid more than other employees in that position for a couple of years. So I really started to see a lot of success at a, a very young, early stages of my of being in the workforce. Um, but what started to happen very quickly into that dream job was I just became absolutely miserable. Um, you know, waking up in the middle of the night with career related nightmares, sweating, feeling like I was going to be sick on the way into work every day. And I ultimately ended up getting fired, uh, not because I wasn't doing my job well, but because I was so miserable to work with that they just said, you need to go find something else. Um, wow. cause you're just so unhappy. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, and so I uh, I kind of convinced myself that it was more related to my boss than it was the actual job. So I decided to start at a new company, um, and I ended up getting fired from that company three weeks later. Um, that was a, t- uh, a similar situation, in fact, that I was unhappy, Uh but the employer was kind of unethical, and I have a a loud, opinionated mouth, and so I was not shy about speaking up with things I disagreed in terms of ethics that were happening there. So needless to say, that did not last very long either. And I was kind of at this point where I was just feeling really beat down, um, and not really sure what to do with my life. I had only graduated less than a year ago with my masters and I, you know, I got to a company that most people worked years for to get to. And I was just like, well, where do I go from here? And I, uh, was talking to my fiance one night and we wrote out all of the characteristics of what my dream job would look like. Um, you know, I still wanted to be able to help people. I still wanted to you know, work one-on-one with people and doing a group setting with people. But I also wanted to be able to watch the Ellen DeGeneres show every day. Um, and so I ended up just kind of looking at that list and finding a way to create that as my own company from 14. And um, that was really fantastic. It took off really quickly. Um, a lot of it was based locally. So no real online presence, um, going and just doing general life coaching and career coaching with, uh, with millennials up to people in their 50s. So I worked with everyone from, you know, the recent high school graduate to CEOs during that year, um, doing different workshops on career related things, um, from updating your resume for um, automatic tracking systems, to updating the interview skills portion, um, teaching about social media for your career and things like that. Um, and I started to kind of really just, get antsy. I wanted to grow towards that end of the first year. And so I decided to bring more of my business online. And I just during that year, I also was doing a lot of consulting um, as an independent contractor for businesses. And I realized that I really had a passion for business coaching. So in January of this year, I added that on while launching RachelRitlop.com really focusing on helping millennials launch their careers or their businesses, getting to where they wanna be, creating that work-life balance that I think so many of us crave.
0: Wow, Uh, first of all, congratulations on your new venture. Thank you. Uh, uh, And uh, one thing, as I was listening, I was also taking notes, and I think what you've managed to do uh, is take a challenge that you had in the corporate world then you did some soul searching. You were able to combine your passion, your values. You were able to merge everything together to create more. Of, you you cre so you're a walking testament, right? You created a dream, <laughs> dream job or a career for yourself, and um, and now you're teaching others mm-hmm. uh, how you did it and how they can do it as well. So that's a great. Uh, I always like to listen how people got to where they are today, because there's a lot of lessons for myself and anybody listening.
1: Mm -hmm, Definitely, definitely. And, you know, in those kinds of lessons that you're referencing, I started to realize um, with this very professionally branded RachelRutloff.com, I wanted to be able to just kind of share more advice. And I had a long-time passion project of having a lifestyle blog. And so I launched the Confused Millennial at the end of February of this year. And that really talks about everything, relationships, career, business, um, college life. We have some guest posters on that, um, all sorts of different topics. We do an inspiring millennial series, um, you know, talking with other millennials that are taking non-traditional paths. And that's just been absolutely wonderful in connecting with people on just such a larger scale.
0: So my qu- next question, because you mentioned about this and I was going to ask, um, uh, could you tell us a little bit more about the Confused Millennial, your uh, latest venture? Um, yeah, tell us w- what it does, Um uh, who it caters to, what people can expect once uh, they reach uh, the Confused Millennial.
1: Yeah. Um, so the Confused Millennial is a lifestyle blog catering to millennials. Um, you know, we cover a lot of different topics. We also have a few guest posters and contributing writers. Um, and most, uh, pretty much everyone is in their 20s and sharing articles and advice from their experience or perspective. So there will be funny articles um, about like five life lessons that we learned from Beyonce's Lemonade um, from, you know, the five life lessons I learned from getting my undergraduate degree or is college really uh, appropriate for you as well as, you know, business advice like tools for mastering Instagram or uh, lessons learned from launching my first e-course. So it's much more um, intimate uh, view of what it's like to have an online business or be a 20 something today it, it's much more conversational um and you know a lot of people reach out via email through that a lot of people engage in the comments or on our instagram page um and that has been you know just so cool to see the community that has really started to develop around that
0: so one thing i wanted to ask is uh, I'm sure anybody listening might have the same question. You mentioned lifestyle blog a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to come back to Confused Millennial. I have a few more questions, but what exactly is a lifestyle blog? I mean, every you you can hear about it almost every day now. Uh, so, what exactly? What is your what is your definition of a lifestyle blog? Um,
1: I mean, it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It's just a blog that talks about the lifestyle of whatever the niche is that it's focusing on. So in our case, uh, it's the lifestyle of a 20-something. Um, you know, we talk about fashion, travel. I, I mean, you can really expect to see all sorts of different stuff. Um, whenever you go there, it's not just one specific thing. You can easily navigate to a specific topic within that, but it, it's really just about the well-rounded look of the day-to-day.
0: Yeah, I think one thing I noticed, people are all people are more interested in what someone is doing uh, in different areas, so that it's more relatable. Yeah, right. Uh, if you go back five, ten years, most of the blogs they were about oh, ten things to do this, you should do this, you should do that. Uh, I think people are more interested in what you as the author are doing because there is a level of relatability and they can learn as well. So. Yeah, I think that's uh, it. It, it seems I can see it more and more happening nowadays, where people are uh, more interested in the author's life because they can learn.
1: Definitely, uh, and that's the structure of all of our posts is um, really talking about that relatability piece. So it's not just like, "Oh, I launched a course and it went great," or "Oh, I got my degree and you know it was perfect." It it talks a lot more about those real life struggles you know feelings of embracing entitlement feelings of not being good enough or perfection paralysis and then giving actionable advice to work through those since you know we've all been there too before
0: yeah yeah definitely and uh, I, I I love the name the Millennial, <laughs> right it, it, it's very catchy and it's uh it tells uh it, it, it I think there itself draws the audience
1: right. Yeah.
0: um so, what was your inspiration, as you mentioned in the introduction, was it related to you, or do you thought you thought there's was more of a common thing millennials are confused about which direction to go with their careers, and that's how you came up with that name?
1: Um, so, I came up with the name. Uh, Pretty much, you know, a month after I officially launched the rebrand of RachelRitlop.com and my personal business, I just kind of started to feel like I wanted to go back and redo it all over again. And I was just like laughing at myself because I I just finished, you know, rebranding and I just finished directions. But now I felt like I wanted to do something else. And I was just feeling really confused about um, where I wanted to take my business next and i I typically get a lot of people saying that they have they're multi passionate millennial you know they want to you know be a yoga teacher, but they also want to uh, be a financial expert and and just this multi passionate millennial piece kept coming up for both myself and a lot of people reaching out to me. And I just was like, you know, I'm feeling so confused and I'm a millennial and it just came to me um, in an instant. And the feedback on that name has been um, just overwhelmingly positive. I get, you know, a consult call request for my coaching business titled Confused Millennial. Um, So it's been really cool to just kind of have that relatability also because a lot of my clients uh, are going through that and I've been there as well
0: yeah that, that makes total sense i mean you're appealing to the audience it's also personal um so going uh, so you mentioned multi-passion millennial and you, you have been on the other side right so uh, let's say a millennial is listening to this they are they're trying to relate uh because they are going through some um, career challenges but you have been on the other side where you are helping people solve those challenges so before we talk about the solution, I, I, I'm curious uh, what what would be one the top two or three things that um, you, you touched on multi passion. But other than that, two top two or three things that millennials uh, do that reach out to you for counseling or coaching or advice. What are they interested in?
1: Most of them are interested in launching um, a side hustle while they stay in the corporate world, um, typically some sort of blog that they want to monetize, or they're really interested in quitting their nine-to-five altogether and launching um, either a service or product-based digital business.
0: Okay, so many of them are in the transition phase. Some of them are transition phase. I I love the side hustle is something I'm hearing a lot nowadays, right? (laughs) Uh, It's uh, turning that time, weekends or evenings, Mm -hmm. uh, into something more protective, something you are uh, happy to do, something you're passionate about, but you're working on it.
1: Mm -hmm. So it's the type of work that doesn't feel like work because it's a passion or a hobby.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. And uh, let's take this example. We are recording this on a Sunday morning. Uh, it's summer, right? And this Sunday morning summer is the time when most people would be doing something else. They would be going out to go to a festival, traveling. And here we are. I'm working on my side hustle. You're working on your uh, business. So because I, I, I think I have a feeling that both of us really enjoy what we do. So <laughs> yeah.
1: that,
0: that makes total sense. Um Going back uh, millennials, young professionals, let's say someone is just graduating and you had this experience uh, recently, they just finished um, college, university, they're right now into the market, and they're trying to get their foothold, they were trying to build a career. Uh, what advice would you give for someone like that? Where do they get started or how do they get started?
1: Yeah, um, I would definitely say write down um, or revisit who is in your existing network. I think one of the common mistakes that we fall into when we're looking for jobs is to go to these big uh, job searching websites like Indeed.com or Monster.com um, or Jobs.com or whatever that one's called. And the issue with that is only about 20% of jobs are posted on websites like that, and those sites use Automatic tracking systems also known as ATS and basically what that does is filter out about 50% of the applicants So if you're only applying on those websites, you're limiting your pool to only about 10% of the available job market So I typically always say start with your warm leads. So who's in your existing network and who do they know? Um, if you don't currently have a LinkedIn profile, I would definitely set one up. Um, and start reaching out to people on there. Start setting up, um, informal, informational interviews and asking people to coffee and, you know, don't be like, uh, weird about it and be like, oh, will you be my mentor or something like that? But show them that, uh, you know, you're, are taking time out of your personal life to develop skills and insights because this industry that you're trying to get into is a true passion of yours you know especially being a recent college graduate you have way more potential than you actually have uh, proven results at this point so that passion and that drive where you're going above and beyond than the guy next to you is gonna go very far um, you can also try things like Twitter chats that are industry specific for you and you know I've had uh, quite a few clients and even friends that have landed jobs for from Twitter where they've reached out to the decision makers that way. And they that doing something different really caught people's attention and I, and they wanted to have that conversation and get to know that person.
0: Very interesting. Um, I noted down a few things and I'll build on that. Uh, for for example, ETS, or, or, application tracking system or automatic tracking system. It's actually scary when I wrote down the number. So you're saying that only 10% of the job, if you take, if, uh, the purpose of an ATS is to eliminate candidates, right? So you're automatically reducing your job pool. And I'm not sure if a lot of people know this. And because everybody, I would say most people would do the traditional job boards, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have been conditioned to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you apply, Even myself in the past, I've applied to, when I was looking for jobs, I applied to tons of jobs on Indeed and LinkedIn, and, uh, funny enough, I only used to get a few responses back. And after doing some research and you just confirmed it, uh, the software out there, even if it, before it goes to a live person, I'm automatically disqualified. Right. Right. And, and for, and it, we all put a lot of time in preparing our resumes to, uh, to cover letter. And that is disheartening because you put in a lot of effort and, uh, and to know that, Nobody has read it Mm -hmm. and you're already disqualified. Wow. That is uh, that is something I, I believe a lot of people don't know.
1: Yeah. And I think it's also especially confusing because, you know, if I were to follow up, you know, with a phone call or an email to that company that I applied to via some job search site you know and i said did you i wanted to confirm that you received my materials they would be able to look you up and confirm that they received it but it doesn't mean that anyone actually looked at it you know and th- the reason that stuff's in place really is because they get so many applications so they essentially say okay these are the keywords our ideal client or i ideal candidate would definitely have on their resume so they're actually are filtering out people that would probably be a great fit for the job um, which is unfortunate. One little hack around that, too, is if you go to, like, a, a word cloud site, so, like, I think tagcloud.com is one of them, and you copy and paste the body of the job posting into that, uh, into that uh, block, it'll essentially create a word cloud for you, and it'll show you what are the most frequently used words in that job posting, and usually those are the keywords you want to make sure you're putting into that specific resume for that posting.
0: Wow. That's interesting. I'm going to, usually uh, what I do is once an interview is done, I put a summary at the bottom and I'm going to write this down because I think I learned, I, I never knew that existed. So thanks for sharing that word cloud and TagCloud.com. It sounds like reverse SEO.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so exactly <you> know how, <laughs> what it is. Exactly.
0: Wow. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That is uh, definitely useful. Two other things you mentioned. Uh, I think LinkedIn profile is, is it's becoming I think more it's becoming as relevant as a business card if you go back 20 years ago everybody had to have a business card now you need to have a LinkedIn profile if you are in the job market mm-hmm. so that's a given um, informational interviews uh, that's very interesting because what you're asking is don't apply for a job what are you saying Rachel is don't apply for a job but invite someone from that industry or job out for coffee ask for advice um, doesn't that take a? I mean, that is unconventional. A, that's unconventional. B, it takes a lot of courage. Um, and I, I personally myself, I'm thinking about. Yeah, that sounds interesting. But uh, w- what do you say to people who say, "Wow, that is nerve wracking. I don't know if I can do it." Uh, what, what, you, what would your feedback for that be?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it should only be nerve wracking if you know you're going into it only thinking about yourself. Um, and those informational interviews are not going to go well anyway. You know, the informational interview is not to walk away that day with a job. That The goal is to walk away with somebody new in your network that could help you down the road, either in that next job or two jobs from now. So really, you want to be going in uh, with the mentality that you're not going to waste their time. You know exactly what questions you want to go over, um, you know exactly kind of what your game plan is so it's not the two of you just staring at each other talking about the sky and their weekends you want to make sure that there there's some real value being had where they feel like they've helped you so that they can at least have a nice positive check in their karma bank but that you're also offering to help them if they ever need anything maybe their company is targeting millennials and maybe you could be of some help with some market research or maybe you could offer to put them in um, in touch with somebody else in your network if they have any goals always 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 make sure you ask if there's anything you can help them with even if their answer is no you just want to show that this is also a two-way street and that's going to start to have a lot of they'll start to have a lot more respect for you as well because they, it shows you know you're not you know some kid just out of college looking to get a leg up you're looking to build long-lasting relationships
0: Ah so that's the key distinction right there right so it's not an uh, it's not where you're going to meet them to ask for a job you're asking them how you can help them so that that's a huge paradigm shift mm-hmm. right and you do enough of that you build a network eventually someone will reach out to you and say hey uh, maybe you can help us find someone or maybe you can help us uh, with this particular position okay that's a paradigm shift right and yeah
1: yeah and then the other you know big piece to just make sure that's really clear for any listeners that might be thinking about taking this approach, make sure you are always extremely, extremely clear on what your networking goal is. So people don't know that they can help you unless you really spell it out for them. And so, um, you know, at the end, you could say something like, you know, currently I'm seeking an entry level position in such and such industry, the more specific you can be, the easier it is for them to have that light bulb go off in their head if they know somebody to put you in touch with. Um, and, you know, just don't be afraid to throw that out there, not necessarily asking them, but asking if they know of anybody, you know, feel free to pass along my contact information if you know of anybody looking for an entry level position in this industry. And, and then when that comes across their desk, they can be more likely to think of you.
0: I'm curious, right? Because you coach people on this, uh, Rachel. As what what percentage of people do you think do this approach? It's uh, I, I I love the sound of it, and uh, like I'm just curious. Like, uh, what, what do you think? Are there any stats, or are they in your experience? Out of 10 people, one? What do you think?
1: Um, I don't know what the actual research is. Uh, Definitely not enough, um, which is why if you do this approach, you typically will really stand out compared to your peers. Um, I actually was recently talking about this with a fellow career coach, the one that I'm co-hosting the Master Your Career Summit with, and we pretty much like decided only like one out of every 10 to 15 people are really utilizing this approach um, from the clients that we've both worked with.
0: That's very encouraging to know, right, because what you're doing is unconventional and you don't have enough competition, right? You go the traditional route where you're applying online, you're competing with hundreds and hundreds of individuals. That's being high,
1: tens of thousands usually.
0: yeah, tens and thousands, depending on the company, right? A company like Google yeah, gets a million mm-hmm. applications a year. So, so, <laughs> so there you go. But uh, this, if if the company, if nobody else or not enough people are doing it, you automatically stand out. And uh, so, just a quick segue. Uh, recently, I interviewed a marketing manager, uh, a very young, bright fellow out of school, few years just out of school. He always wanted to get into marketing and he did the same approach. Uh, he actually invited a few CEOs of marketing companies out for coffee. He met with one, told them about what he has done. And now he's, he started out as a marketing specialist. Now he's a marketing manager. So uh, it, it works. Mm-hmm. It definitely works. So that's uh that's, yeah, that's a great insights there. Uh, Twitter chat, uh, t- usually people go to Twitter for sharing the news or, uh, you know, keeping up with the network or reading what's happening. What exactly are Twitter chats?
1: Yeah, so um, a lot of companies actually host these, um, and, and, you know, there's also industry-specific ones that are more generalized, maybe that are hosted by an influencer, and these basically either happen weekly, bimonthly, or monthly. And, um, everyone pretty much participates using the same hashtag. Whoever the moderator or host is usually posts one to, you know, seven to ten questions. And, you know, you go in there, you talk, you build relationships, um, with other people. And it really helps you to start standing out as an influencer or a thought leader in that industry. It can also lead to, um, if you go ahead and direct message somebody, And say, hey, it was great connecting with you in the Twitter chat. Maybe we could uh, hop on a phone call. It just really helps further that network um, and more of that non-traditional job seeking.
0: Interesting. So you're becoming part of a a conversation and you're sure that you really care about that particular topic. Uh, And once again, the whole concept of standing out, right? uh, Twitter chat is something I've heard about it personally. To be honest, to be quite frank, I've never done it. So now I'm curious to do it myself, and uh, it, it, it's something that most people don't know about. So thanks for sharing that. Um, and where does someone find, uh, for example, if there is one happening in a particular industry? Is there is there a resource, uh, Rachel, where we can people can find about Twitter chats?
1: Um- There's two main ways. There's not like one set go to place. There's two ways. One would be just like poking around on Twitter. And a lot of the times on somebody's Twitter page, it'll be the initial pinned post, join us for our Twitter chat at such and such time. So just exploring on Twitter, the other way would be to Google it. And sometimes people will write blog posts. So like the 10 Twitter chats that millennials must join or 10 Twitter chats for, you know, furthering your career and then obviously searching for whatever industry you're trying to break into. Sometimes those blog posts are a little outdated though. So I would always click on them and then actually go to the Twitter page and see if it's still active.
0: Okay. Um, One thing. Now we talked about stand. I mean, the whole. If you if you noticed, uh, I've noticed the theme so far in our discussion is about standing out, right? Doing things that would make you look different from everyone else who is applying on job for job posts. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and we sort of touched about this. The whole concept of personal branding. I think you have done it very well with your business, uh, the Confused Millennial. Uh, It stands out and people, I'm sure, reach out to you. I've reached out to you for that reason (laughs) for this interview. So why is personal branding uh, branding important and uh, how does one what are some of the things someone can do?
1: It's so funny that you bring this up. I actually have a blog post about this coming out on the Confused Millennial next week. I think it's coming up on the 23rd. Um, but yeah, so whether you are in traditional employment, trying to launch a side hustle or trying to start your own business, I think uh, personal branding is just a really, really important key because it starts to really label you as an influencer or thought leader in your industry. Um, a lot of, Companies. So if you are going the traditional career route, a lot of companies, like social media is a jigsaw puzzle for them. Um, they don't totally understand it. They know that they're supposed to be on it. They're definitely looking to hire people that can strategize it for them. But they want somebody that usually eat, breathes, and sleeps that work, that industry. And so if you are going ahead and um, showcasing that you are an influencer for that particular industry via your Twitter account, your LinkedIn, or even an Instagram profile, that's going to go um, a lot further. You know, more and more people are adding social media profiles that are uh, branded to their resumes. And, and that's something that's definitely going to help set you apart as somebody that is passionate and loyal to this industry. A lot of employers are scared that uh, millennials are fickle, so they're gonna change their mind, whether it's with their career or their job in you know two to three years. So having that type of branding on there can also add a little bit more credibility that you're gonna have some more loyalty. Um, and the ways to go about it really, just make sure that you are staying up with relevant trends, um, engaging with people. A lot of people set it and forget it with social media. Which isn't the best strategy because it becomes very obvious. Um, so, you want to make sure that you're engaging with people, that they know you're a real person, sharing relevant content, um, sharing your own content. Those are all really good ways to get started.
0: So, the things, for example, social media that people usually do for fun and a hobby, you're, you're, what I'm hearing is build on that so you make it a marketable skill set that people that companies can benefit from.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely. And I wouldn't necessarily say like, you know, Rachel Ritlop's Twitter is not necessarily the Twitter that like I would use for whatever my random thoughts are. Rachel Ritlop's Twitter is very branded um for career or business advice. Um, the confused millennial, because it's a lifestyle blog, it's a little bit more, or it's a lot more relatable where we'll tweet stuff about the bachelor or whatever is trending in millennial news. Um, and so just really be cognizant of that. Like, you're not going to want to share your weekend, uh, keg stand on your per, on your branded Twitter page. That would not be a good idea. <laughs>
0: you know what thanks uh, because i i do the same with myself as well i do have a full time career uh, in software technology sales uh, career matters is my side hustle so i do have a twitter page for career matters where i post about uh, career interviews resume all all things career uh, posts and i share other other posts so that is that is a brand by itself. On my personal Twitter, I post about technology, and usually my clients and my contacts find me there, mm-hmm. and e- even with something, even though both are work, uh, sometimes it, it is it is a clear distinction, so people are not confused mm-hmm. what each uh, tag is about, right? And I've seen, the, you brought up a good point, because I've seen people mix both, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you try to figure out, okay, is this a personal social media profile, is this Business is this person trying to show his or her lifestyle or business? So, uh, is clarity for clarity's sake?s You're saying it is better to have two.
1: Yeah, and you know, Twitter and Instagram have made it so easy to link the accounts, so you're not having to log in and out. You can just switch between accounts by tapping your username. So there's really no reason to not have multiple accounts now.
0: Yeah totally that that makes sense and it's easy right it's not something you have to pay for all it takes is a couple of clicks and you have a brand new account
1: exactly
0: there you go um so one uh, going back to your business uh business what do you do and i wanted to see how this ties into millennials and even any career professional um, m- many people reach out to you because they want to sa- start a side hustle mm-hmm. right um now, my thoughts are regardless if you have a full-time job, it's always good to do something on the side. Maybe you have a hobby, you grow it. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think everybody should have a side hustle or you should only have a side hustle uh, if you want to grow, into, grow make it into a full-time business? So what are your thoughts on the whole concept of having a side hustle?
1: You know, I don't think there's really a generalized answer. I think... Um there are some people I work with, uh, for career coaching and they really are just looking to excel and move forward in their traditional career path. And for those people, I wouldn't necessarily recommend adding in a side hustle. You know, they're getting, um, their needs and things like that met through their career their and then their hobbies outside of the workplace. Some people feel like there's a greater calling, um, that they have to share some sort of gift with the world, um, Especially with a lot of side hustles, a lot of the people I work with are creative preneurs, so they have uh, a lot of creative products that they're trying to get out there, which takes a little bit more time to get that notoriety and so I wouldn't necessarily say uh, quit your nine to five for those things um, and then, as far as you know people that want to leave their nine to five some people just know they are not meant to be employees. that's something I definitely really realized about myself in my early 20s and so i would people like that i would definitely say you know aggressively start working on the side hustle before um you know so that you can go ahead and get those needs met that you can feel fulfilled you know nobody wants to feel miserable and if you're feeling miserable in your day-to-day and you can't fix that by staying a traditional employee maybe it is a situation to explore a side hustle or or leaving um employment altogether
0: Okay. That that makes sense. So it's, it's most importantly is really to understand where you are, uh, what makes you happy, what makes you tick. Mm -hmm. And based on that, you build on something, right. And, um, my takes and, you know, I'm, I'm open to hearing your take is it's always good. Even though if you have something full time, uh, obviously you were very brave. You just launched full ahead, (laughs) uh, kudos to you. Uh, and let's, I'm sure many people listening to this, they have an idea, but at the same time, you know, there's there's security, they have bills to pay, uh, there's stability. So uh, would you think that it's a better fit to just start a side s l see how it goes, and eventually build on it?
1: Um, you know, I think overall, yes. Some people I work with, they just feel like that if they don't leave their nine to five today, they're going to die. I know that sounds really dramatic, um, but those are like typically the sentences I get on my consult calls. Like, I have to quit. Um, You know, there's no light at the end of the tunnel where they can't wait to start bringing in revenue from a side hustle. And so for those people, you know, when I left my, or when I decided to go down this entrepreneurial journey, I, had um some money in savings and I really looked at that savings account and said, Okay, this is how much money I'm willing uh to kind of use to get this off the ground if my account goes below this number. I'm gonna go back to waitressing. Waitressing is something I did for seven years. Um and I love it. I think it's a great uh, job. It's always fun and interesting. And so I always knew in the back of my head that one way or another, I knew how to make money, and I could get hired um, at a restaurant. You know, some areas of the country, like San Francisco, it's really hard to find a waitressing job. So I would, you know, be cognizant of where you are, and if you needed to go out and find a job tomorrow, would that be something that you can easily do? Can you go ahead and pick up? the phone and call an old babysitting job or nannying job um do you have some sort of independent contracting skill where that you've really built up in your industry that people would be willing to pay you for so if you don't have anything like that in place or savings in place i would definitely say build up your funnel and build up uh your revenue stream with a side hustle but i know that's not necessarily the case for everybody
0: that that's uh, that's actually a very interesting uh thought process, right? Uh, Make sure you have some savings, and let's say, uh, that's obvious, and if you don't have, make sure you have a core skill that you can jump, uh, that you can uh, fall back on. So yeah, that that is, uh, and you can always go back to that. So that's, it gives you a sense of confidence as well, Mm -hmm. right? Let's say you have a core skill, like in your case, you mentioned, let's say, I mean, your things are going great for your current uh, uh, venture, but let's say, for example, you can always go back, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so that's that's great. That's great to know. So build on a skill set, make sure that is your cushion to fall back on, or you have some financial cushion.
1: Mm-hmm. Ideally, both. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense. Hey, listen, uh, at the end of the day, uh, no matter which city you sit uh, live in, which country, uh, you need to have some type of uh, finances. Are important,
1: mm-hmm. and uh, one. Uh,
0: Last question I have, and this is a little bit of a controversial uh, thing because you hear this everywhere, right? There is a lot of back uh, backlash or a lot of criticism uh, on millennials, mm-hmm. and, and since you uh, you cater completely to the millennial crowd, so I wanted to ask you. Just uh, is more of a thought question than <laughs> feedback. Like, what do you think is changing in the market? A few years ago, I read all oh, millennials are self-centered, millennials are not helping, and now companies are switching to cater to millennials. So just what is your <laughs> overall, like, general view on the whole millennial thing?
1: Well, I think companies are switching to cater to millennials because millennials are the largest generation in the workforce right now. I think Actually, they may even be the largest living generation right now. Um, so I think they, that companies are having to to work with millennials, whether they like it or not. Um, but no, I, it's funny that you bring this up. I did a vlog last week on the 14th. I think it came out with uh, Matt Herndon, um who's also a millennial entrepreneur. And we talked about that entitlement piece that the media always says millennials have. And for both of us the media was dead accurate. We were both entitled. Um, And that led to some of our unhappiness in the workplace because we felt like, you know, okay, I put in my dues of my education and, you know, I worked a little bit. Why am I not getting promoted fast enough? Why am I not being recognized quick enough? Um, And I think just millennials typically look at the world a little bit differently than our older generations. Um, You know, we look at how things can be done more efficiently. We ask questions. We ask a lot of whys. Why do we do things like that? And usually it's just we get the answer. That's how it's always been done, which is frustrating for our curious minds. And so I think that leads to some of the discord or strain in the workplace. And so just because I think it's really important to recognize when some of that frustration does come from that sense of entitlement. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's also why we have some of the coolest companies that have ever existed. Some of the most innovative technology that's ever existed is because we think so much bigger and broader and, and so it's just a matter of embracing that entitlement and realizing that the people we might look up to or think were overnight sens- sensations um, like Napster or Facebook and things like that, they did take hard work and, you know, they weren't built in a night. And so we have to have that same type of patience for ourselves and put in those dues, but those dues might look differently than they looked for our parents.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a good insight, right? So there's, it's, too, it's it's a two-pronged approach. Millennials should look at themselves and do a little bit of uh, looking at how they could contribute. And at the same time, companies are catering to millennials. So I think it's going in a good trend right now. There's so many companies that offer so many perks now. They're trying to cater. Uh, I, I have a friend who's a recruiter. He says it is hard to find candidates because uh, in certain industries, because uh, the job market on the other, it's uh, it's it's switching. It's becoming like a candidate market in some some industries, not mm-hmm. all industries, right? Like an IT, for example, mm-hmm. which software, uh, which has uh, a reputation of being the things that you mentioned, cool and help workplaces. Everybody is doing the same, so uh, yeah. So it, it's it's trending for the better, uh, and I, I I want I I agree on that. But I wanted to hear your thoughts. Sounds like uh, we are in sync on that. So, Rachel, I learned a lot here, uh, new things, and I'm sure the people listening to as well. I will summarize everything in a blog post, put it out there. But on top of that, if someone listening to this thought, hey, you know, Rachel has a lot of great ideas. I would like to get in touch with her, learn more. Uh, What is the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, um, probably uh, through my website is probably the easiest breakdown of, how to work with me and there's contact forms and consult forms on there so that's rachelritlop.com, and then the blog if you just want to poke around and explore and read is the confusedmillennial.com
0: okay definitely i'll post that as well thanks for joining us thanks for sharing your insights your story it's very inspiring lots of great ideas uh, appreciate you being a guest here um do you have any final words?
1: Um, well, thank you so much for having me, Nassar. I hope you guys uh, learned a lot and just you know keep working at it. I think we all have a lot of big ideas, and, and it takes that hard work and dedication for them to come through. I've worked you know sixteen-hour days on the Confused Millennial to make it what it is in such a short period of time. So keep plugging away at it.
0: Yeah, that's that's great to hear. Uh, thank you very much, Rachel, and thanks everyone for listening. Uh, what, I've, uh, what I've done is I will be writing a brief summary of the interview uh, as, a, as part of a blog post. If you liked what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the Career Metis podcast on iTunes. And for more contents, ideas, resources, go to CareerMedis.com. If you enjoyed the episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a review or a comment. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share it with your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Medicine Podcast. Thank you.